Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So, as many of you know, we were in Washington, D.C. this week and attending uh, Christians United for Israel, and it was a great week. And we heard, one of the people that we heard was a lieutenant governor from uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And she is the first black woman to step into that office. And the other thing that was unique about her was she was a Republican. So uh, she said when she was praying about whether she should run or not, she asked the Lord what he would have her do. And I'm going to share a little bit about what she said about that. But we're going to go to there in just a minute. But she said he gave her Daniel 6. About Daniel and the lion's den. And the Lord said, will you allow yourself to be eaten? What a wonderful, encouraging word. You're about to run for office. Will you be eaten? So we're going to talk about that tonight because when she said that to when she said that to all of us that just went off on the inside of me and what she was talking about is the persecution that goes when you run for office really the persecution that we all have to endure and so in Matthew 5 verse 10 these are words in red in my bible and it says Blessed are they which are persecuted. Really, Jesus, are you serious? Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness, for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know how much we all love persecution? He says when we get persecuted, we are blessed. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake or for my cause. And I talked about having a cause last week. Verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, I just want to encourage you, if you've gone through persecution, you are a blessed person. If you're standing up for what's right in the sight of God, if you're doing what's right and people come against you because you are doing right, you are in a good category. I'm not seeing anybody rejoicing over that. But he says we're to rejoice. We're to be excited if for righteous sake... If we're in that place and we're standing for what's right, we're doing what's right, we're making a stand for righteousness, he said we're blessed. And he's he's basically telling us, you will be persecuted. Glory to God, let's start praying that we get persecuted so we can be blessed. Anybody jumping on that one? None of us want to be persecuted. None of us want to be in that place. And, you know, when you're, when you're persecuted, it's really a harassment 
trouble. You know, you're mistreated. People are speaking against you. That's what it's saying there. And so Jesus says those times rejoice in those times. Rejoice when you're reviled or criticized or abused or people spread negative information about you. Rejoice in the times when peril as Christians come against you. Stay steadfast because our Christian faith, you know, we've got to learn to stand in our Christian faith with everything that is going on in the world today. We are being persecuted for what's right in the sight of God because we believe biblical principles. So because we make that stand for what's right in the sight of God, we should expect to be persecuted. Isn't that exciting? So just get over it. You're going to have to die to the flesh. You know, as they were singing and Destiny was singing that song, In the Crushing. In those tough times when persecution is coming against you, when things are being said about you because of you doing what's right in the sight of God. As the song said, he's making new wine out of you. Hallelujah. So now let's turn over to Daniel chapter 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said, you know, one of the things he said, it was for Christ's sake or for the cause of Jesus. And, you know, in this hour, when we stand up for things that are right, when we stand up for abortion, for Roe versus Wade, and we stand in that place, when we, and people know where we stand, you're going to be persecuted. Can you, are you willing to be eaten? I'm going to ask that several times tonight because I want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want you to come tell me you can be eaten. <laughs> I want you to know where you stand. Can you endure? You know, sometimes we ask. We want God to give us promotion. We want God to give us things. We want God to raise us up. We want God to use us. But are we willing to be eaten? Are we willing to pay the price for what it takes? Because there is a price to doing what's right in the sight of God. You know, not everybody is going to love you. Isn't that exciting? So, Daniel chapter 6. Did you all get there? It says, it's, it, it, verse, we'll just start with verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princesses, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princesses might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princesses, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Now, what is the problem here? Daniel is doing what's right. Daniel has an excellent spirit about him. He is, you know, doing things that please, the God, uh, first of all, the Lord, and then he's doing things that are speaking to the king. And people are getting jealous and people are getting envious. And this is the problem. 
And then it says, But they could find no occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God or the word of God. So they couldn't find anything against him, so they're going after what he stands for. And they know what he stands for. He's a righteous man. He knows the law. He knows the word of God. And he's not silent about it because they know what he knows. He's, he's not sitting back there and just saying, you know, we all can do whatever we want to do. He's standing up for what's right. And God has kept them. And so they couldn't find any fault against him except he was one that did what was right. And then it says, then the presidents and the princesses, they began to join together. And it says all of them came together, but that's not true because Daniel was one of them, and Daniel didn't have a vote in this because it was against Daniel, because it was against who was doing what's right and the fear of God that Daniel represented. And it also brought conviction to the people because of his stand and what he did. Because he didn't change, he didn't join in, he didn't participate, and it made them feel guilty and bad. And so they had a plot against Daniel. They came against him, and they went to the king, and they decided they would not mention Daniel's name. And they came and they said, Look, we got this grand idea. We think you need to make a new law. And we think for 30 days, nobody should make a petition. And if they make a petition, then they should be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel knew this petition. And Daniel knew the cost of what he's doing. He counted the cost. And he made a decision that he was willing to be eaten. He was willing to go to the lion's den. He was willing because he trusted God more than he trusted man and what they would do. He was willing to be eaten. Are you willing to be eaten? Are you willing to stand for what's right? Are you willing to be vocal on what's right? Or are you going to be silent in this hour? It's a decision that all of us have to make. So Daniel, we know what Daniel does. Verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he knew the writing of that decree the king signed. That's very important. I'm telling you, he knew the cost of what he was about to do. He went into the house, and his windows being open, he didn't go in. He didn't shut the windows. He didn't hide. He didn't go inside the church and just say, I'm going to be silent, and nobody's going to know I'm a Christian, and nobody's going to know what my stand is. I'm going to be silent. Uh, he had the option to shut the windows. He had the option 
to not allow anybody to know that in the next 30 days, he knew the cost of it and he made a decision. I'm going to do what's right in the sight of God because I fear God more than I fear man. He was willing to be eaten. So he opened his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day. He kept doing the same thing that he'd done for all of these years. Since he was a young man that got taken into captivity, he's older now. But he didn't change what he believed because persecution came. He didn't change his stand on what was right because they, he knew they were going to persecute him. He knew what they were going to do. He knew these people around him. And so what did they do? Verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel. How? But it says they went and found him praying and making supplications before his God. They had a setup. They had a place that they thought that they were going to get Daniel and destroy Daniel because the decree had already gone out. And so we know what they did. We know they took him to the king. We know that the king, his heart was broken because of what, how he had gotten tricked in to doing what he was going to have to do. I'm telling you. We have decisions to make in this hour. Are we going to do what's right in the sight of God? Or are we going to cower down? Are we going to go into hiding with all the tribulation, all the persecution, the things that are going on in our nation right now? The things that are important to God, are they important to you? Really, that's where it is. And Daniel's in that place and he's made his decision he's made his decision that no matter what he'll go to the lion's den that's what that woman was talking about when she was talking about if i run for the lieutenant governor then i know i'm going to be persecuted she knew the cost God told her. God prepared her. This was a God, this is a God-fearing woman that made a decision. I'm going to stand up for what I believe. I'm going to stand up for what's right in the sight of God. This is a woman that goes to church, prays, and seeks the Lord. And she said, I'm going to stand up. I don't care what they say. And I'm not trying to be um, political, but... I'm not trying to, um, I can't think of the word I want to use, but for a woman, a black woman, to stand up in the Republican Party, and I'm not saying Republican or Democrat, I'm just saying where this woman is, to stand up and be against abortion, against those things that are not right in the sight of God, she knew the persecution she would endure. That's what I'm saying. 
she made the decision and said, I'm going to do it. And she won. She's a powerful woman, of, a powerful woman of God and a powerful woman of influence. She had a decision. So here Daniel is in that place. And he's made the decision and the king is standing there. And he says, verse 16, Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, Hey, Daniel, thy God, whom thou servest continually, constantly, he's your, he's your rock. I've watched you all these years. I've watched you. He said to him, he will deliver you. He said, he, I believe he said it boldly. I believe he was just saying to Daniel, I believe you're coming out of the lion's den. I'll just tell you, our king today is saying, well, if we go in the lion's den, we'll come out on top. Amen? Because there won't be any compromise there. Hallelujah. And so we know the king stayed up all night, fasted, prayed, you know, stayed in that place, got up early in the morning. I love what he did. And he went down to the where the lion's den was, and he, verse 21, and then he said, Daniel... Verse 20, and when he came to the den, he cried with a laminate voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lion's den? And then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel, has shut the mouths of the lions that have hurt, not hurt me for as much as before his in, in, innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king have, I, king, have I done no hurt. He didn't do anything wrong. He was getting from those governors and from those presidents and from those people harassment because he did what was si right in the sight of God. And God honored the man because he stood up for what is right. I'm telling church, we're going to have to stand up for what is right. We've got to be willing to be eaten in this day. Daniel was willing to go down to that lion's den no matter what happened. I believe he believed that God would deliver him, but he had a decision to make. And see, before we stand up, we better make this decision. Can we endure persecution? Are we willing to be eaten? Are we willing to be in that place? Because that's what it's going to take for the church in this hour. Because God is raising up a fearless church that I'm not talking, I'm talking the body of Christ, people in his body that are willing to pay the price, that are willing to be strong, willing to be courageous, and not compromise and not bow their knee. Because that's what it's going to take in this hour. No matter what, the persecution, he said, blessed are you that are persecuted. Rejoice in persecution. 
Rejoice when they try to take you down. Rejoice when they come against you. Because you're doing a righteous cause. You're doing what's right in the sight of God. Now, I want us to go to Acts chapter 16. Let's look at it in another way, in another life. Hallelujah. Acts 16. This is about Paul. He was willing to be eaten. He was willing to be persecuted for the gospel's sake. So, in chapter 16, and this is when Paul went to Macedonia, and he's in Philippi, in the chief city of Macedonia. And so, verse 13, And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto a woman which resorted. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which Paul spoke of. And when she was baptized in her household, she brought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide. And she constrained us. So they went and stayed with Lydia. And so they are going on a regular basis down to the river. Down there, maybe there's a synagogue there, or maybe there's just a place that they go and pray by the river. It's not important. And verse 16 says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain dam damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us unto us the way of salvation. And this they did for many days, many days Paul and Silas are enduring this woman. But Paul, verse 18, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. Glory to God. Great deliverance. Do you believe that was the will of God? Do you believe that God wanted that woman set free, that it was the power of God that went in there and delivered her and caused that demon that had tormented her and possessed her and caused her to be deceived and caused her to be in that place, that it was the will of God for her to be free? Well, glory to God. You'd think everybody would be rejoicing, wouldn't you? Because God did a miracle. Everybody doesn't think like Jesus thinks. <coughs> and so, it says in verse 19, And when her masters saw that, this is what they saw, the hope of their gains were gone. Their money was drying up. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. This Paul and Silas, has cost us our money. <laughs> so they drew them. They took Paul and Silas to the marketplace or the gov seat of government and to go in there and to rule and to judge them. Now, verse 20, And they brought them to the magistrates, 
saying, this is what they said, these men being Jews. Now, Paul and Silas are Jews, but they're also Christians. So they're Christians. <clears throat> this is what they're here for. You can hear this today. Do exceedingly trouble the city. They are bringing trouble to the city because they're doing what's right in the sight of God. Think about it. Think about it. They're doing what's right. <coughs> There's a cause. Who sent them to Macedonia? God did. <coughs> Excuse me. Give me a second. God sent them to Macedonia on purpose with a cause to bring salvation to Macedonia, to that whole section. And then I thought this was interesting. And they're in trouble now. Look what they're in trouble. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive. I love that. What did Paul preach? Well, all you have to do is read the Bible, and it'll go to Romans 1. And what did Paul preach? He didn't make things pretty. He laid it down, and he didn't hide it, and he got persecuted. Just not finished, but just look at Romans real quick, Romans 1. We've used this before, but you want to know what he preached because this is what they're, this is what Paul's in trouble for. Read the book of Galatians. It'll slap you a few times. They were in trouble. I'll just read a few. Verse 26. You all should go back and just read 19 to the end of the chapter, but I won't take the time for that. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. Well, go back to 25. Who changed the truth of God into who changed the truth of God into a lie? Who's trying to twist the word? And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause God gave them up into vile affections of even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. He's preaching this. And awful for us. Why? Because we want to do our own thing. They're, they're preaching. Paul's preaching. And he's in trouble. He's being persecuted for what? Righteousness. And Jesus said he'd be blessed. Glory to God. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lusts one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meant. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient, shameful, forbidden. And this is what they're saying. We don't like what he's preaching. 
We don't like the stand that he's taking. He's taking our money. Our business is getting is going down. Our business of idols, our business of all the filth that they had. That's why they needed revival. That's why they needed Paul, because of the filth, because of the junk that was going on. And God sent them to deliver them. But their business, their idols, man-made idols, it talks about that, that were out there. So their businesses began to shrink. I'm just saying, this is what plant parenthood is bent out of shape about. I know, you're just, you're hearing it. I know I'm laying it on the line. Are we willing to be eaten for the truth? It's a decision. Persecution's going to come because of truth. You will be persecuted. Jesus promised you. But there is grace. There is deliverance if we'll stay focused on the Lord. He said, so here they are back in Acts 16. Verse 21, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude, all right, because of all this, you know what's happening? Riots. Look at this. And the multitude rose up together against them. What is the multitude when you rise up against them? What's going on? And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Praise God, raise us up. Use me, God. Well, that sounds real good. But what does that mean? Persecution. Are you willing to be eaten? Are you willing to be eaten up for doing right, or do you want to stay hidden? God will not honor us if we stay hidden. If we stay in that place and if we're silent, God will not honor us. Because Jesus said, basically is what he's saying, if you want to live right, oh, look at John uh, let me see. Let me go back. John 15. Look, just look at that. Twenty. Remember the word that I said unto you: the servant is not greater than his lord. If they have persecuted me, is it red? This is. Read and it is Jesus' own words. If they have persecuted me, they will. This is a promise. They will also persecute you. If you, if they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. He is just saying here, hey, if you're acting like me, if you're talking like me, if you're making the stand that I'm making, you will be persecuted. 
Hallelujah. This is exciting about the gospel, people. I'm just telling you, this is what the word says. This is the hour and the day that we are living in. And we know because Paul stood up for what was right. He preached the word. He stood in that place. He got thrown into jail for doing what is right. He didn't compromise. He didn't go. Daniel did not compromise. Daniel did not get in that place that he said, Oh, king, I made a mistake. I should have never, never done that. I was so wrong. Or here is Paul. Paul didn't say, I'm so sorry. Listen, you keep doing what's wrong, and you can go to hell, and it'll be okay, because right now I want to save my life. Are you willing to be eaten? They had a decision. They could have saved their own life. They could have drew back. They could have come up with something better that said, it's a joke. I didn't really mean to say that. This is the day of we cannot compromise. glory of God is coming to the church and we want to be carriers of the glory we want to walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and we can't take persecution we're in trouble y'all are so quiet out there but this is what will deliver us and set us free this will help us Go to that next level that we're praying about, believing for. You know, because it's ultimately about souls. Paul was after souls. Paul was going after, what about Peter? What about Jesus? Wouldn't it have been easier for Jesus to compromise? Then where would you and I be today if Jesus compromised? Don't send me to the cross. That's going to hurt my flesh. I'll just take back what I've been preaching. You religious leaders, sorry that I hurt your feelings. Sorry that I said that about you. I'll get to a good part. But I want us to think, are we willing to be eaten? Are we really Christians? Are we really in that place? And we talk about the love of God. What is the love of God? I love you enough that I don't want to see your soul in hell. I have enough love for you. That I want to help you get out. And if I stay silent. 
then I don't really love them. Paul endured. He, he talked about persecutions. Let me find something. Go to 2 Corinthians 12. You know, we really do need to know our Christian walk. Listen to what? Oh, well, look what verse 9 says. And he said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, you know, persecution, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. In persecutions, in tribulation, reproaches, all of these things that come against him, he's saying, I take pleasure in them because I'm not going to trust in my own strength and my own ability, but I'm going to trust in the grace of God. My dependency is not going to be on myself to endure this, but my dependency is going to be on God Almighty that will deliver me and that will bring me out. Amen? You know, when we were at this conference, uh, Christians United for Israel, one of the ladies said in the prayer meeting, she said, you know, persecution's going to increase. And I'm just trying to prepare you for it. That we're ready. And that we're not going to compromise and we're not going to draw back. That we have the grace. Paul says, I take pleasure in them. That means he had learned the grace of God in the midst of it. He had learned. I mean, when you see God's hand delivering power, just as powerful as the lion's mouth was shut in Daniel's situation, just as powerful as when Paul and Silas are in the prison, beaten with wounds all over them, supernatural earthquake and revival takes place. But they were willing to be eaten because I'm going to tell you, they knew in that city what was in that city. And they obeyed God and they went. They knew they'd be persecuted. They were used to it. Everywhere Paul went, he got persecuted. But you know, he never retired. He never quit. He never drew back. He preached the same gospel all the way through. Again, just look at the New Testament. He did not hold his tongue. He told the Galatians what the flesh was. He named what the flesh was. He said, now this is a fruit of the Spirit, but this is flesh. You cannot continue. You're either going to live in the flesh or live in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So, in saying all that, and I went back, and the Lord brought this to me today, brought this back up to me. It was a prophecy given to J uh, Joyce Myers in 2015. 
And I thought, this is a day the church needs to take hold of. This is a word the church, the body of Christ, needs to take hold of. Because we are going to walk through things. And we're going to have to have grace to do it. So, whoever this person was that gave it to Joyce Meyer said, Very few of my children really trust me or depend on me. We think we do. But what happens when we're persecuted? I have mountains, endless mountains of grace stored up that I have never touched because I find very few who open their hearts through faith to receive my grace. That means we need to learn how to receive grace. That's really what I believe Paul's saying. I've learned how to receive the grace to walk through the persecution, to walk through the reproaches, to walk through when I'm reviled, to walk through when people are not happy with me. I, I've learned how to tap in to grace. And God's saying there's so many mountains of grace that my people have not tapped into. They don't understand how to take hold of the grace of God, to walk in the grace of God, to walk through any circumstance in any situation, that they obey God and know God is going to give them grace to get through. Even when right in the middle, it's tough. Do you really want to know what grace is? Well, listen, and I will give you a new and different definition of the grace of God. Anybody want to know? Grace, I look, this is so powerful if you can get this. Grace is you letting me or us letting God do what I want to do in this earth through you. This is the heart of God telling you there is grace for you to do what I put in your heart to do. It requires you being absolutely still, ooh, immovable in your decision to wait upon me. Now think about that. Let that soak in for a second. That in that time... That you wait upon him, you stay immovable in your decision. That you are not moving until you know. The ideas, the hopes, the dreams that are inside of you, listen to this, are not yours. They originated in me. Think about it. Process that. Everything on the inside of you, your desires originated from the Heavenly Father. And we reject them. We can give excuses. But God said they originated from the throne. That is with my spirit that is within you. It is not your job to bring them to pass. Hallelujah. It is not my job or your job to bring to pass the desires that he's put in your heart. Takes the pressure off. But see, we don't wait for that grace. 
We don't sit and soak and take hold of the grace of God, the ability of God. For him to do his job. It is your job to be a vessel or a channel for my grace. That's our job. Receive the grace. Let the grace flow through. No one of you can make anything happen that will be solid enough to stand up under pressure. If it comes, if it comes from you, it won't hold up under pressure. This is the reason you experience so many ups and downs. You are trying, you are trying to stand on the flimsiness of the flesh rather than the solidness of the rock. Think about it. How many times do we try to stand on what we've done, on our flesh, on our ability? He says, you're not made for that. It's grace. You do fare, you do fare until the storm hits. Then you are right back where you started. You need to be emptied of human effort. Yes, Lord, I need to be emptied of human effort. I don't know if anybody else wants to join me in that, but I'm just telling you right now, I need to be emptied of human effort. You need to be emptied of human effort, the cares of daily living, and fleshly frustrations. No, I'm sure none of you've got, you've got your angel wings on, so I know that you have no fleshly frustrations, right? But you see, even this must be done by grace. Effort cannot er eradicate effort. Frustration cannot get rid of frustration. And care cannot eliminate care. But grace can rid you of every hindrance, and you'll find as grace begins to flow, it will generate more grace and more grace and more grace and more and more until you become the channel of grace. That tells us we can go so much higher. I believe that's part of what Paul was saying here. He learned to trust the grace of God that it began to channel through him, that he knew that grace was going to take him over every time. That's why Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is the powerhouse. My grace is what you need in every circumstance and every situation to get you through. But we need to get that in our heart. There will be a never-ending flow of power which is what grace is, that will flow through you and the result will be, this is what he says, the result will be my desires, my hopes, my dreams, and ideas birth through you at no cost to you. With no carnal effort. Oh my gosh. No carnal effort on your part. I love that. And I, he says, I will be glorified on this earth, and you will have the privilege and honor of sharing 
and being a joint heir of the glory. My grace is available. Come unto me, all that are labeled and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learning to live in the grace of God. Learning to live in that place that we allow grace to take over, and that grace will give us the power to stand for what's right. That grace will give us the courage. That grace will give us the strength. That grace will give us everything that we need to move forward. That grace will help us in every situation, in every circumstance. I'm telling you, we'll become powerhouses for the glory of God. And these things, just like with Paul and Jesus, Peter, everyone in the Word of God had to depend on the grace to bring them through. And we cannot be any different in this hour. If we're going to be the church that Jesus is coming back for, that powerhouse, that church that believes what the Word of God says, doesn't compromise it, doesn't give in to the flesh, stays in that place, and they have the courage to walk in freedom and liberty. We're going to have to be bold, church. We're going to have to stand up for what's right. We're going to have to get delivered of the fear of man. The fear of man, the scripture says, is a snare. And when we fear man more than we fear God, and we've all done it, I don't care who we are. We've all done it. So the good news is we got grace to help us walk through that fear, stand in that place, and be the people of God that he's called us to be. If we're going to preach the word, then we need to preach the whole word. If we're going to stand up, there's a call. And we need to do it in boldness, and not caving in, not compromising, and trusting grace. So I ask you, are you willing to be eaten? You don't have to answer me. I'm not looking around for an answer. But I want you to think about it. I want you to really, you know, ask yourself, am I willing to be eaten? Am I willing to pay the price for what's right in the sight of God? Because the gospel, the whole gospel, and people like to pick and choose their favorites. And in this hour, we can't pick and choose our favorites. We have to stand up for what's right. We can do it in love. We can do it with grace. We can do it with the wisdom of God. But we can't compromise. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time. 
Remember, you are God's best.